armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? You have any idea? Really? This you is what you're doing? Have any this is what idea? you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. Do you know what listeners like about our station? I like everything. It's always on my radio. We never stop the music, except for now, when I talk. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Almost the entire Celtics lineup is out tonight. Abort, abort, abort if you took the Celtics minus the points. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Yeah, the armchair. Hey, howdy, hi, and how? you welcome to braves country here on a beautiful tuesday afternoon getting ready for the announcement of major league baseballs or the national baseball hall of fame however you want to say it's technically the national baseball hall of fame but we all recognize it as major league baseball hall of fame and there's going to be some i think there's going to be some things that are going to go down with that announcement tonight that'll be interesting. I don't even know if we get anybody. Now we know we're going to get Fred McGriff, which is why I got my Braves gear on today. Wanted to make sure that, you know, we give the love to Fred McGriff who is long overdue. Now let's get Dale Murphy in there. Can we? It's a, I mean, it's ridiculous at this point, but we'll get into the ins and outs of who's into the hall of fame. I did want to get into before we did all that, Want to go ahead and get into a couple of news and notes that's going on in the world of football and found this interesting. This is, I'm, I put this together. So what you're going to hear first is you're going to hear CeeDee Lamb talk about he's tired of, of, hear, of saying the same old thing. Basically, we'll get him next year. Dak Prescott taking ownership for the loss. And then Jerry Jones ends it talking about how sickening it is for the Cowboys fans and everyone involved. And there's a reason why I played this. Let me go ahead and hit the clip and then I'll explain. At the end of the day, we got to take it for what it is. Be better next year. Simple as that. I'm tired of saying it, but it is what it is. Now, if I had the answers, we would have won tonight, honestly. Um, too early, too, too soon. I promise you we will, though. And uh, my time playing in this team uh, for this organization, we will. Proud I am with these guys in here. Uh, that's a good team. We've, uh, uh, frankly, uh, turnovers do settle the scores with 
games like that. And uh, I'm so disappointed for our fans. And uh, it's felt good. It's felt good today. felt good with the team. Um, but uh, San Francisco had something to say about that. But uh, uh, we've got uh, uh, a locker room full of sick uh, players and coaches to go along with literally hundreds of thousands of Cowboy fans that are know that are sick. They're sick. What did you think? Sick. Okay, so that was Jerry Jones at the end talking about it's sick, it's sick, it's sick. And the reason why I, I mentioned this is because last night I thought it was really strange, and I mean extremely strange, that we got a tweet, or I'm sorry, last last night's when I saw it, excuse me. This was a tweet from the Dallas Cowboys. Let me make sure they haven't pulled it down yet. But this isn't just some mad fan. This was the Cowboys reacting. This is their social media page. Okay. That put this up shortly after the loss. We'll see if it's still up there. Uh, let me give me one second as it almost, I, I, they might've taken it down. They might have taken it down. But basically what the what the clip is about is it is the Cowboys putting blame on the rest of basically throwing the blame on the players and the turnovers. And it's really strange because when you see something like that, and I think they have taken it down. Cause I'm scrolling through now and now I don't even see it. So they left it up there so long. I didn't think it was going to be a, a, uh, a situation where they, they would take it down, but it looks like they have taken it down at this point. And I do find that interesting, but basically the Cowboys threw through a uh, Dak Prescott under the bus and they, they made some, some comments that I'm sure whoever put that up probably had to answer for it, but they took it down and it's a shame. I should have screenshotted it. So I do apologize not having it word for word, but basically they said that team played a hard game. And after they played that hard game, it was lost because of turnovers. And you can only assume I'm going to see if I, if I can find a screenshot of it later on in the show and I'll read it word for word, but you can only assume that that the uh the that the cowboys probably went to whoever that is and either a they fired him or b it was jerry jones i got like, the way it was worded you almost think it was jerry jones after a couple of glasses of whiskey that's what it the, the way it was worded but anyways the point of the whole thing is the cowboys social media page their twitter page this this was not this was not, you know, like I said, this wasn't a beat writer. This wasn't a mad fan. This wasn't even a player. This was the Dallas Cowboys Twitter page that absolutely blew up. And people are are uh, going after them right now. And I can see some, some of the mentions. Most of them I, I, I can't even comment on. But but basically, yes, they, they did take it down. So they took it down. I find that interesting. But the Cowboys threw them under the bus. And I don't understand why in the world you would go after your players after a loss. Now, maybe it's someone who's just a big fan of the team and they wore their, wore their emotions 
emotions on their sleeve, but you don't say that on that on on a social media. And it stayed up there for a hot day because I did not see it till after the show yesterday. And it was it was put up there sometime after the end of the San Francisco game on Sunday night and yesterday evening. It stayed up there that late. So I do find that interesting that the Cowboys uh, social media has taken it down, but at the same token, it, it just, it never should have been said. It should never should have been said. The other things that we've got going on, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, now this is a positive clip. We'll go ahead and jump to that. The Jacksonville Jaguars. This was Doug Peterson, the head coach being asked at the end of the year press conference, what he thought about possibly bringing the players back and he had nothing but positive things to say what does it say to you that they have that kind of sentiment because of the culture that you've created this year well it means it means everything you know um to us as a as a staff to uh, you know an organization that the guys want to be here you know the nature of our business though is you can't you can't resign them all and it's unfortunate um you know because it is a business and it's a business decision but you know we hope to try to get as many of the guys back as we possibly can. And that was my message to those guys this morning. You know, I met with the team as we try to try to resign them all. We can, um, cause we want to keep those core guys together. You know, they were a big part of our success this season and, and, um, you know, but, uh, it's a credit to those guys, uh, obviously that they want to be here. You know, we've established something this year that I think is sustainable and, um, we just got to build on it. So that was Doug Peterson. And you like to hear that if you're not only, the players, but the fans like to hear that he's building up. And that's the difference between the Dallas Cowboys right now and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. You've got one that had the expectations are through the roof and you've got another team who this, who they think, think the sky is the limit next year. And the pressure that's going to be on Dak Prescott all during the off season, it takes a special breed of quarterback to be able to handle that. And I think Dak Prescott is a very talented quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He makes mistakes, but sometimes I feel like he's put in difficult situations that create those mistakes. One of the things I thought was very strange, if you look at some of the play calling with the Cowboys towards post-Tony Pollard injury, they still continue to try to jam it on important plays. I'm not talking about first down. I'm not talking about just trying to trying to keep the defense one hundred percent locked in on the fact that I get it that you can't just drop back and pass every single play. I get that. But if but if you don't try to keep the defense honest, you're gonna have an issue there. And that's one thing, but but when there were several key plays in that San Francisco game that I think falls on McCarthy, not Dak Prescott. Why are you running it on second and long? I mentioned it on the kickoff show on Saturday. Going into Saturday's game, Ezekiel Elliott had had 40 carries and 70 yards off those 40 carries. That's an alarming stat. That is an alarming stat. So with that being said, I'm not saying you got to totally abandon the running game, but when it's second and long and you're right there in the red zone, running the ball up the middle, which is essentially what they did, and he got stuff, then it's third and long. Next thing you know, you're 
you put your quarterback in a terrible position. I don't know what's going to change this off season with the Jack with the uh, Cowboys. Excuse me. I do believe they're going to bring McCarthy back. I also believe that's probably not the best thing for that team to be able to win a championship. He hasn't done a bad job. This is the Dallas Cowboys, and they expect more. They haven't won a championship in almost 30 years we are creeping up on now. And that's a big deal for that organization. They haven't. They've got one playoff win with their quarterback in this run. That's that's a problem. They've got the when you look at the fact that the Dallas Cowboys someone threw out this stat and it was kind of funny that Daniel Jones has the same amount of playoff wins as Dak Prescott. Well, it's true. And everyone thinks that Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback and Dak jo- and Dak Prescott is a top 5 quarterback. But the proof is in the pudding. And I don't know if it all lands on Dak Prescott, but something's got to change. They've got to do something about the play calling. And maybe it's time to look for another OC. And I know Jerry just is infatuated with his coaching staff and thinks that they can do no wrong, but he's got to take a step. Look, the, the man's getting up there in age. He's, he's only got so many years left. Is he will? And this, I, I mentioned this earlier in the season. This is their last window for him realistically because he's going all in to try to win a Super Bowl one last before, you know, the inevitable for him. Unfortunately, it's for all of us. Well, he's got to go put the hammer down and try to figure out a way to win that Super Bowl sooner than later. This isn't a situation like the Jaguars that we were just talking about where Jacksonville is just beginning their run. The Cowboys, they got to figure out, do you even bring Zeke Elliott back? He has not looked the part. Now, Tony Pollard is going to have surgery on his leg, but I believe he'll be, from my understanding, he's going to be fine come, come a training camp. So that's not the issue. But Zeke looks like he's done. And unfortunately, these running backs, they have a short, a very short shelf life. They eventually run out of gas. And when they do it, they fall fast. Not saying Zeke can't play somewhere, but he cannot be expected to be the featured back in a Super Bowl caliber offense. So you got the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame votes coming out today and we're going to get into that in a second do want to go ahead and uh mention one other clip and we'll do this real quick this was the giants talking about daniel jones and i thought this was interesting this was day ball because there's a lot of speculation do the giants bring him back do they not everyone was gung-ho in new york and then all of a sudden they pulled back after that loss on saturday but it sounds like that they are ready to roll with with Danny Dimes. Why do you want Danny back? And why do you think he can take this team, you know, get another trophy with this, if you do think he can? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I've said it all year. He's done everything that we've asked him to do um, as an offensive staff. 
and he's done a really good job with you know operating and executing our offense. I think he's made strides in a lot of different areas. Uh, certainly, we can all make strides in more, but he's you know he's been a good leader for us. Uh, he's played the quarterback position well for us, and you know I'm happy we had him. So the question with Daniel Jones is, what kind of deal is he willing to sign? Remember, they didn't pick up his fifth year option, so he so he could stiff him and go and go get a bigger deal somewhere. I don't think he will. Jones seems like the type that is going to be pretty loyal, and he and I'm sure he likes playing with with this with this Giants team and Dayball and company. But then again, look when it's all said done, it's a business. And if the business of the game is going to give you a much bigger paycheck elsewhere where win, lose, or draw, you can walk away with a big stack, then there there is that threat out there of him leaving. I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 32 seems to be the floor right now for your lower end quarterbacks and and whether people want to admit it or not, that's what Daniel Jones is. So let's say he's looking for a four year deal. Giants. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere around four for one thirty. The, the biggest question is what is the guaranteed? And that'll be the difference in, in Daniel Jones staying and Daniel Jones possibly leaving. And if he does walk away, or if that was just coach speak and the Giants are looking elsewhere, where would they maybe go? Would they bring in Derek Carr? There's also that report out there about the Packers. We'll get into that in a second. got to run to break. Very interesting report about the Green Bay Packers. You're not going to want to miss this because once again, there's trouble brewing in cheese country. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in here on 99.1 FM, The Key. And Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Got a beer? Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch? Armchair. Time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named best new cruise destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at OurDragonsMerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days or surprise the big time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a river dragons fan for life order online right now at rdragonsmerch.com that's the letter r dragonsmerch.com we'll see you at the rink armchair quarterbacks on youtube live we cover braves baseball red sox yankees rays cubs and cardinals and the rest of major league baseball every day your first choice for Sports Talk, live from the First Coast. How to improve your dining room by the Home Depot. New wood floors, new paint on the walls. Sure, you know us for that. But how about a new dining room table? Matching chairs? Bar stools? How about free and flexible delivery with easy online returns? Now you can explore decor in a whole new way. 
Save now on furniture. Everything for your home. Everything from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Limitations apply. This helpful instructional message from the National Association of People Who Have Trouble Walking and Chewing Gum at the Same Time. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Hey, what's happening, Norm? It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. What's shaking, Mr. Peterson? What is it? What are you up to, Norm? My ideal weight if I were 11 feet tall. What's shaking, Norm? All four cheeks and a couple of chins, coach. Hey, Norm, how's the world been treating you? Like a baby treats a diaper. The armchair quarterback, he's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The all-American man, welcome back. We are getting set for Major League Baseball's National Baseball Hall of Fame announcement, however you want to put it. Cooperstown, there's going to be a press conference at 6 p.m. Eastern, and they will uh, the 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 Baseball Writers Association will make the announcement. We already know that Fred McGriff's going into the Hall of Fame. The question is, who else? And I thought Scott Rowland was almost a shoe-in just because of the voting. I personally don't think that he belongs there. But it's because it's the only Hall of Fame that I believe the best of the very best belong in there. And that the really, really good do not. The really, really good can be in the Philadelphia Phillies, the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame, their individual Hall of Fames. But the bar has been lowered. So so it's a fair argument that if you're going to put people like Carol Baines in there, why not put in Roland? But I hate that idea. I hate the fact, I hate the idea of lowering the bar as we go on and on and on and on. We're talking about three generations from now when we're all gone. And the kids that come along and they're going to look at it and they're going to say, well, doesn't take that much to get into the baseball hall of fame. And then you're going to have an issue with the veterans committees. Well, they'll, they'll just start throwing everybody in like they did with Baines. I've got, a, I've got my basic rule for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, the National Baseball Hall of Fame, is this. And when you go there, I had the pleasure of going there once a few years back, and it was an incredible experience. I hope to go back someday. It's one of those bucket lists that I want to re-bucket. It was, I was there two, two and a half days, I believe, and it, it, it wasn't enough to soak it all in. And then the other thing is that people don't realize is they have so much memorabilia that they rotate it out because they want everyone's experience to be a little different every time they go. But the Hall of Fame to me is one simple thing. If if you're a big fan of that sport, especially baseball, especially Major League Baseball, You shouldn't have to think about if someone's a Hall of Famer. 
someone should be able to say their name. And if you go, ah, then, then he's not in the Hall of Famer. Don't put him in. If you have to say, well, I went back and I looked. No, 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 no. It has to be a, a knee-jerk reaction, instant. Someone says Chipper Jones, you say, you damn right he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Someone says Scott Rowland, and I say, eh, I don't know, man. And then instantly I know he doesn't belong in. I just, I hate to see the Hall of Fame continue to grow in numbers. And there have been some over the last several years. And Joey and I are going to have some fun with that next hour. We're going to kick some folks out of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. We did this years ago on the show. We thought we'd revisit it. Um, I know it's going to ruffle some feathers, but I don't care because they keep putting people in. Next thing you know, it's going to be like the Basketball Hall of Fame. Where literally, if you dribbled in your driveway, you're on the ballot. I mean, it is absolutely insane, some of the names that I see. And then I'll tell you what, the NFL Hall of Fame is getting close. And the college football football Hall of Fame has become almost a disgrace. The names they're putting in, they are not college football Hall of Fame material. I'm not saying you got to win the Heisman to be in the Hall of Fame, but you need to have had a heck of a career and not a guy you're like, what? Uh, I forgot he even played. There are so many that they're just throwing in. Baseball needs to be better. You're better than that. Let's stay that way. I just, I hate to see it continue to grow the way it has. And it's, it's trending in a bad direction. And we talked about this yesterday, who I would vote in and the reason why I would vote them in. I would go Andrew Jones. It's not just because he's an Atlanta Brave. It's because there was a period of time for about 10 years where he was the greatest center fielder anybody has ever seen defensively. And it's not even close. And then he had pretty good offensive numbers as well. He had over 400 home runs. Now, I know that what hurt him is that when he left Atlanta and went to the Dodgers and then later on the Yankees and whatnot, his career took a dive. And he was not the same player that he was in Atlanta. And a lot of some of that was age. He also felt like that he didn't have quite the step. You know, I always thought that he, he may have uh, lost his step because he didn't, he didn't look as in shape as he did when he was with the Braves. But, you know, look, age does that. And it's really hard to put Andrew Jones, the 33-year-old, up against Andrew Jones, the 25-year-old, because the 25-year-old was phenomenal. He was off the charts. I've always said that. So the great Tris Speaker, the Gray Eagle, as they called him, turn of the century. When I say turn of the century, I mean turn of the 20th century major league baseball was always known at that time as one of the greatest defensive outfielders ever. And they would say it's, it's where triples go to die was his glove. Well, I always said Andrew Jones is where singles went to die because Andrew Jones would play in and you ask any of the pitchers, and three of them were Hall of Famers about what it felt like having Andrew Jones behind you in center field. 
several of them, you've heard them over the years, they basically felt invincible. Because he would steal singles because he would play so far up. And you couldn't get the ball over his head. It would have to be an absolute bullet over his head. He would play that far in. I think we'll eventually start seeing some of that from Michael Harris. He still plays a little deep for someone who's as talented as he is. In fact, several times during the regular season and a couple times in the off season, uh, excuse me, the postseason, I, I felt like he, he, he probably should have been playing in a little more considering his talent. But it's easy for me to say because when I see a great player on, on a team that I like, I think they can do anything. So, but Andrew Jones, until further notice, is the greatest defensive center fielder that has ever put on a pair of cleats. And for that, you've got to put him in the Hall of Fame. Omar Vizquel, he is, you look at the statistics, he is the greatest defensive shortstop, and it's not even close. I know everyone thinks about Ozzie Smith because of the backflips as he's coming in, coming in and out of the dugout. And the, and the cool nickname, the Wizard of Oz. And there was a time at that time point when they were both playing that I probably would have told you the same thing. But then I got a chance to actually watch him play. And man, was I wrong. The greatest defensive shortstop to date is Omar Vizquel. And though his offense lacks, you cannot penalize him for not taking steroids in the steroid era. You can't have it both ways. You cannot sit there and tell me that, well, I'm not going to both vote this guy in because his offensive numbers are inflated. And this guy who played in the same era, well, I'm not going to put him in because his offensive numbers are nowhere near as good as the guys that, that, that were pumping steroids. Omar and Vizquel was a magician. And... Maybe he got hurt by, because he played in Cleveland and I don't even, and they were really good baseball team during that time. They didn't, they never won the world series, but they did make it twice. And maybe he got hurt by the fact that they weren't on the national stage enough, but that's not his fault. That's not his fault. He played the position perfectly. And as much as I didn't like what Roberto Alomar did to the umpire and held it against him, quite frankly, that's the greatest double play combination in the history of Major League Baseball. In their time frame, I'm not talking about all-time numbers because they weren't together at the beginning. Remember, Vizquel started in uh, Toronto. But during their time frame, I mean, that's it. You've got to have him in the Hall of Fame. As they always say, if you if you you got to put the guys in that help you tell the story of the game. So I absolutely believe that Vizquel belongs in. Andrew Jones belongs in. Those are the two that I'm going to pound the desk about. My my third guy, if I had one, one more to put in, it's Todd Helton. And we talked about it yesterday. His ridiculous OPS was at 953, so somewhere in that neighborhood. 
but everyone wants to take it away from him because he played in Colorado. Not everybody who played in Colorado has a 953 OPS. This guy absolutely went out there and he went to the post every single day. He produced. Not his fault that he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies and was a loyal employee because he re-signed with them. He could have walked away. Todd Helton not being in the Hall of Fame is an absolute sham as well. Scott Rowland had like seven really good years. And then they're su- and then they're surrounded by, yeah. I don't know about this. And that's why I have to say I'm not putting him in. Did, but but should the Phillies put him in there? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not tearing him down saying Scott Rowland's no good. Scott Rowland was amazing. That doesn't mean he belongs in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. There's a lot of guys like that littered throughout the history of Major League Baseball that you say, man, that guy was phenomenal. One one guy that comes to name for the Atlanta Braves during their whole run, Javi Lopez. I wouldn't even bat an eye about putting him in in the Atlanta Braves Hall of Fame but he doesn't belong in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. You think of other guys that that played with Atlanta. And I won't go on the whole, you know, the whole memory lane thing, but my point is Don Mattingly, he absolutely deserves a plaque out there in uh Monument Park. He doesn't doesn't belong in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, National Baseball Hall of Fame. And there's the difference. But the Basketball Hall of Fame is throwing everybody in. College Football Hall of Fame, that's a really shaky word that they're calling that. I mean, the, the College Football Hall of Fame really ought to think about just renaming it. The College Football, these dudes played at some point. And that's what you'd see as you'd walk into the building. I'll I'll pull those up one day and, and tell you and, and read off some of these names that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I'm telling you right now, most of you diehard college football fans are going to be like, what? What is this guy doing? And, and they're lowering the bar worse. And it's getting lower and lower and lower every year. It's absolutely insane. The picks for today... Uh, we're going to go with, I'll tell you what, we're, we're lowering that the, uh, the, the college basketball picks that we've been high on, he's been on a cooler as opposed to a heater. And it's funny that, uh, I saw, I saw a comment putting down 58%. And since then he would kill for 58%. He's lost like three of his last five, four of his last six, something. I mean, it's insane. But we hit again, and uh, so we'll give you the Bowling Green one, minus one. Do do uh, what you will with it, although I believe that line's gone up. Kansas State, plus nine, Illinois. 
to win is is the teaser for the day. And Florida State is getting four. They've been a bad basketball team all year, but they're starting to put it together, and they're playing really well at home. They're getting four. I don't know if they'll pull off the win against number 20-ranked Miami, but I would take my chances, but I don't feel great about it. So that's basically a two-star pick. We're going to take a real quick break when we come back. Going to get into some of the stuff going on in the, in the National Football League. And Joey's on the way. We're going to be talking more Hall of Fame. It's Hall of Fame Day here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Keep it locked in here on the key. Someone asked me one time, have you ever been in the WNBA? I'm like, no. <laughs> Nobody cares about the WNBA. <laughs> they don't. Sorry. Perfect example, Brittany Griner, WNBA superstar, currently in a Russian prison. If that were LeBron James, we would have sent SEAL Team 6, Jason Bourne, and three Girl Scouts for an extraction. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught! Jawan Jennings! This is starting to thing. First quarter at the gate of Alden Jacksonville as Walker sticks to the right. Hits outside. The 35. Look out. He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside. Herschel Walker. There he goes again. Straight up the middle. Touchdown! Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh! That looks like 1955. Holy cow! Are you kidding me? Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Stadiums are the landmarks on the landscape of professional football. They are graveyards for some teams, fortresses for others. They appear forbidding and fraught with peril for teams on the road through a season. Robert Louis Stevenson once said that it is better to travel in hope than to arrive. Teams arrive in different fashion. Losers arrive storm-tossed. Winners arrive star-kissed. For the best teams, arrival marks the beginning rather than the end, for they realize that there is only one thing to be in the NFL, and that is champion of it. Armchair. 
Welcome back. Joey's coming up here in just a moment to join us. Do you do want to hit the, the, the Packers drama? It has been reported that it looks like the Packers would be open to trading Aaron Rodgers. So here we go again. The entire offseason, once again, is going to be littered with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady speculation until they get a, a, a landing place. Thankfully, the free agency market hits soon. Hits at mid-March this year. We'll be dealing with that, obviously. I just... What? He just signed a three-year deal. So is he pushing his way out? Or either way you look at it, it was a three-year deal. The guy was coming off of two MVPs. What has really changed other than the fact that he injured his hand early in the season, fought through it, almost made the playoffs after a terrible start. And I really believe that if you keep that that core intact, that Packers team is going to be pretty good next year. You're going to get one more year with Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs, the defense, and then not only to, not to mention the fact you'll be able to hit another draft and and look, you never know what's going to fall in your lap if you're Green Bay. But regardless, I think it's a pretty good team. And Minnesota showed that Minnesota is going to do Minnesota type things. I don't think you have to worry about Minnesota unless they all of a sudden have a lockdown defense out of nowhere. Bill O'Brien's heading to the Patriots heading back to the Patriots as offensive coordinator. I think that one made a lot of sense. I saw it being rumored uh, a few days ago, but never got anything like in, you know, hammered in as far as yes, it's going to happen. And the A, I was just talking about this, and maybe Jerry Jones doesn't have to make the, the decision. And Kellen Moore is, he is, Interviewing with the Panthers as a head coach. I'd say take them. Bye. The Red Sox acquired Alberto Mondesi from the Royals. If you're not familiar with him, he was one of the top prospects and is actually a heck of a player. He just has not been able to stay healthy. I think, he, I think they said he's played 50 games in the last two seasons. But when healthy, he's a dynamic I wouldn't call him five-tool hitter because he's not much a home run threat. We'll we'll call him a a three-and-a-half, four-tool hitter. Player, excuse me. And that pretty much gets you caught up. Going to drop some of these names at you that I pulled up during the break of the College Football Hall of Fame. And... Here's one for you right here. This is just two years ago. Anyone remember Mike Haas? Played for Oregon State in 2003, 2004, and 2005. Had 1,000 yards receiving in all three. So he didn't have a bad career by any stretch of the imagination. But do you remember him? Does he stick out in the lure of college football history? 
He was signed by the Saints after a sixth-round draft pick. Then he muddled around and was basically on practice squads, bouncing back and forth between Saints, Bears, and Seahawks, played played sparingly in those years, and then ended up on the Omaha. By 2010, by four years later, he was on the Omaha and Nighthawks. And the College Football Hall of Fame said, you get you, you get a seat. Let's Come on, let's get it in here. I'm not saying everybody they put in there. But some of them, you're like, I think we're being really loose and free with the term Hall of Fame. Terry Miller running back out of Oklahoma State. Huh? And I, this does not have to be, my criteria would not have to be someone who had a phenomenal NFL career because Rashawn Salam's in there. He was, he was a, he was a bust in the NFL. Rashawn Salam won the Heisman trophy. I, I, I can't argue with that. Kevin Falk, he was good, but was he hall of fame? Played for LSU in the mid nineties. Like I say, he was good. I, I, I'm not. I'm not questioning that at all. But Hall of Fame, and that's where I'm concerned about Major League Baseball going in that same direction. This year's class, Lamichael James of Oregon, really? That's Hall of Fame. He was good. I I would even say very good in college, but not Hall of Fame. Jeremy Macklin had a good NFL career. He was a solid Hall of Fame. What did his Missouri teams ever do? Terrence Mathis. I know he had a good NFL career, but my word, he played for New Mexico in the mid-80s. There's no way more than four of his games were ever on TV in the mid-80s. Back then, you got like three or four games a week, and you weren't putting New Mexico and Terrence Mathis on there. And I get that Mathis had a solid career in the NFL. I'm not banging on that at all. But New Mexico? Terrence Mathis, by the way, I remember him being on a lot of fantasy football teams that I had in the, in the mid-90s. And I know he played for the, the Atlanta Falcons, not trying to... He had a very good NFL career. But New Mexico football, really? That's where we're going for Hall of Fame? So that's my point. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and drag all these guys. And I'm not by any means saying that these guys are not great players in their own right. But when I say hall of fame, it's gotta be a no doubter. It's gotta be, you say Tim Tebow. Yeah. He's hall of fame. Of course he is back to back national championships. I think you put Stetson Bennett in there whether folks like that or not. When you have to sit there and go, eh, man, I haven't even checked, but I mean, is Chris Rex in the hall of fame? Might as well. Started a bunch of games, ran around, chucked the ball, used it to the wrong jersey. 
He chucked the ball. He was kind of the beginning of the, at the end of the Bowden era. As soon as Chris Rick started throwing multiple interceptions, you started seeing Bowden going, oh, no, here we go. We're going to have fun with the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame when uh, Joey jumps on here in a second. We're, we're, we're kicking two out. There's too many. It's cluttered. And I'll tell you something that's interesting. I'll go ahead and put that on the screen real quick. Um, this is very interesting to me. Let's see if we can get this up here. All right. When you look at this year's ballot and who's getting votes. Now, this has been updated, but they can only update it so much. You have to have 75% of the votes. And this is what has been reported, but there's, there's a huge push at the end. So you can't go by this number and say it's absolute. But if you look at this, the way it trends, and this number has been dropping. The 2023 Baseball Writers Association, at right now, Scott Rowland's only at 63%. Todd Helton, 52. Billy Wagner, 51. Billy Wagner's another one. We talked about this yesterday. I thought he was phenomenal with Atlanta. He's not Hall of Fame. Not, not the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He didn't do anything in the postseason. I can't put Gary Sheffield in there because if I'm going to sit here and say I'm not going to put Clemens and I'm not going to put Bonds in, he's associated with the same junk, I would be a hypocrite. I was a big Gary Sheffield fan, but that doesn't mean I'm going to put him in the Hall of Fame. So Sheffield's sitting at 40, A-Rod 34. I mean, what they really should have done is just taken them off the ballot because they're eating into other people's votes. Manny Ramirez is another one. I personally believe Jeff Kent belongs in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he's ever going to get there until he gets off this is, I believe this is his, yeah, this is his last year on the ballot. I think he's going to have to get on a veterans committee down the road. And it's ridiculous because for a good 10 to 12 year stretch, Jeff Kent was, was the gold standard at second base, but he was Jeff. He was Barry Bonds's teammate and they hold it against him. And here's the thing. People always act like, because I believed it, because i that's what I read back then. That Jeff Kent was some kind of liability at defense. You look at his defensive metrics, he was top 10 almost every year. That's not a liability. And he had a pop at second base. Omar Vizquel with 23.9% of the vote is an absolute travesty. Pettit's not getting in because of the steroids. Jimmy Rollins does not belong in. I don't care about what anybody says. Jimmy Rollins was a really good player for a long time, a World Series champion. And the Philadelphia Phillies absolutely put him in the Hall of Fame, but he's not National Baseball Hall of Fame worthy. Nor is Abreu, Burley, Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter was really good. You know, Torrey Hunter was one of those guys. He was phenomenal defensively. He had a, was pretty good offensively, but it, it just didn't last long enough. And it doesn't, 
so you have to have five percent of the ballot to be able to get in to to go forward. And there's a lot of folks that believe that Carlos Beltran's not going to get that five percent because of his involvement with the the Astros cheating scandal back in 2017. So between that, and I mean, you know, the rest of this list, come on. I mean, I get they become eligible. So they put them on there. But if, if you're, if you're making a vote for JJ Hardy or Jacoby Ellsbury, John Lackey, you're just throwing your vote away. You don't have to vote for for 10. That's the most, most that you can, but you don't have to vote for 10, so don't throw your vote away. I believe vote for the ones that are deserving. Do not give some pity vote to anybody. This is the Hall of Fame. And if it means you only put one guy, no guys, three guys, two guys, whatever. But the other thing that I hate, that the writers do is the reluctancy to vote for someone their first year, their first go around because they don't want a unanimous decision. That's so childish and stupid, especially now that Rivera's already broken through that ceiling. And I, it, it would not shock me if, if somewhere down the road we get a guy who gets left off the Hall of Fame ballot by a multitude of people, and he doesn't get the 5% that he needs in because they were all doing the cute thing of, well, I won't vote for him the first year. It's not right. Because player X, who put any future Hall of Famer in there that you want, didn't get voted in his first year. Remember the first year they came up with the baseball hall of fame nominations that the, the first class was the who's who of who's who. Cause they had been playing the sport on, on a major league level for 60, 70 years at that point. Of course you cut and put everybody in. So I, I'm, I'm totally fine with you not putting guys on your ballot, but I don't like it when they do it just to be cute. Well, was it, was it last year that Jeter didn't Jeter got all, but like one vote or two votes. What it was in I mean, come on, Derek Jeter, five-time world series, the captain of the Yankees, and you're not voting him in. Come on. They should find those guys that do that junk and toss them out of the the baseball writers association they shouldn't even it shouldn't be a question toss them out because you either take it seriously or you don't and i do believe that all of them should be very transparent with their picks you are given what i think is an absolute it's one of the highest honors in sports to be able to vote for the major league baseball hall of fame. And if you don't take it seriously, 
they should take it away from you quick quickly. By the way, there there was some news Major League Baseball today. Um Jesus Aguilar signed with the A's. You'll remember him first baseman for the Marlins. He signs a one I believe it was a one year deal for 3 million. I I think it was the number. And Michael Bowens, quarterback for Oklahoma, once highly coveted, has entered the transfer portal. And Michael Taylor traded to the Twins. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Joey's going to jump on with us, and we're going to kick some folks out of the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Keep it locked in here. We'll be back in just a moment. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. San Francisco 49ers defensive lineman Charles Amaneu was arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence on Monday, according to a news release from the San Jose Police Department. He was booked at Santa Clara County Jail and released after he posted bail. Police arrived at 4.30 p.m. local time after a woman called to report her boyfriend pushed her to the ground during an argument. No visible injuries were observed on the woman who did complain of pain in her arm but declined medical attention. Bill O'Brien will return to the New England Patriots after agreeing to a deal Tuesday to become their next offensive coordinator. O'Brien, 53 years old, who spent the past two seasons as the OC under Nick Saban at Alabama, his contract had expired and was looking to get back to the NFL. A Massachusetts native, O'Brien will be charged with improving a Patriots offense that's dipped notably in recent years. Country music star Chris Stapleton will hit next month's Super Bowl stage to sing the national anthem while R&B legend Babyface will perform America the Beautiful. Performances will take place February 12th in Glendale, Arizona, before the championship matchup and the halftime show featuring Rihanna. And significant trade news in Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox have acquired shortstop Alberto Mondesi in a trade with the Royals. The Royals get left-hander Josh Taylor and a player to be named later with cash considerations. Mondesi, 27 years old, has played only 50 games over the past two seasons, been limited by injuries, but once one of the top prospects in all of Major League Baseball. And the 2023 National Baseball Hall of Fame vote is here. The Baseball Writers Association of America will announce the results of this year's election live in Cooperstown at 6 p.m. Eastern. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. And every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. 
Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Joining us today, Mr. Joey Ariel. Joey, how are you today, sir? Doing pretty good. Looking forward to, uh, of course, uh, a lot of Hall of Fame stuff going on, a lot of chatter what's, what's happening there. But coming off the division around, that was a little lackluster. I think this Sunday we're going to get some great games. So just looking forward to it all and happy to be here again. Yeah, the. Uh... <laughs> the Giants, man, that was a disaster. That was an absolute disaster. I haven't talked to you since that game, man. That was a disaster. I mean that. I mean that looked like Matt Ryan was playing quarterback. <laughs> Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, Sammy E. You can name it. It looked off. Do you see? There's some rumors about your old coach going becoming the the offensive coordinator at uh, the Jets. You know, I, I have heard his name come up in a couple of head coaching searches and offensive coordinator searches, and it's I think OC is the perfect next step for him, whether it's the Jets, maybe the Panthers, whatever happens with some of these staffs once they get put together. He was and is a really good offensive mind. Um, he just got away from himself a little bit as a head coach, more so uh, than his play calling with the people he had on talent. So I think he'll fit well with one of these teams, and if it's the Jets, if they get a better QB and him at OC – I think the Jets could be doing some damage next season in the NFL. Now he's also being rumored as the as the head coach of Carolina. I see Kellen Moore is going down to interview for the Carolina job, but I, I'd led the show off before I'd seen that. Led the show off talking about how Jerry Jones might want to get someone else in there to run the offense. Well, that problem might correct itself if he gets the head coaching job in, in uh, Carolina. He has been the golden child in the NFL for the last several years, and I don't get it. I don't get what he's done. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I, You know, 
has Dallas been a pretty good offense over the past few seasons? Yes, but they have a lot of talent at the same time. And for him to just be getting a head coaching uh, interview is kind of, I mean, nothing surprising after, I guess, what happened with Jeff Saturday, but it is surprising to me, all jokes aside, because this guy hasn't accomplished a ton at the OC position to elevate himself this soon, like a Sean McVay into a head coaching role, in my opinion. I don't think he belongs in there in that conversation. Right. If they give, first of all, the interim head coach, I don't understand why he's not given a chance, right? He, he really turned that team around and gave him a gave him a puncher's chance to actually take the Panthers to the playoffs. If they give Kellen Moore that job and not go with the interim, I what does that say? There's you know it's going to come up just like every year. It's right. It's like the African American black coaches are getting the short stick because if you look at the back of the card, the Panthers coach Mike Wilkes he took a bad football team and made them relevant. I know it was a bad NFC South, but he made them very relevant. And if you just I bring in Kellen, terrible d- division, I get that. Right. I if he doesn't deserve, sometimes when the interim coach is in there, they just kind of play, play out the the schedule, and it is what it is, and they just try to prevent any kind of like any you know Titanic disaster. But he he kept them alive until the very last week. This was after they traded away their best player. Yeah, you get rid of Christian McCaffrey, you think you'd get much worse at the same time. They're starting quarterback and their star running back. And he got them to be better somehow. And also, I mean, from a logistics standpoint, if, if I own the Panthers, I'm going to give Wilkes a fighting chance. I'm going to sign him to a very short deal that's an easy buyout if it doesn't work. And I'm going to say, look, you did really well, but I want to see what you can do from beginning of spring on. So we're going to give you this, this chance. But by no means is this a, a vote of confidence for like a six-year deal, right? And right. if you're willing to take that job, I want to see what you can do from the beginning of the season. I just, I, I don't even know why they're still interviewing people. It just seems so stupid. And it sinks for him too because he got he got shorted in Arizona. He only got one season to coach there. I know they weren't good in 2018, but he got ousted after one year for Kingsbury, and he got the short on the six. So this would be the second time he would come up short. And have that work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen, right? Uh, Kingsbury. Um, by the way, I had this jotted down because I was just curious. If, have you seen that 90s show? I've seen a lot of promos for it, but not an actual episode. Oof. It wasn't oh, good, huh? It's awful. It is oh. beyond awful. So what they did in the first episode was... They put they dropped cameos in, and I think the idea is, is that they had cameos of all the old stars throughout the series to try to sprinkle it in to try to get people to watch. So the first episode, you could stomach it. Red and Kitty are still in the main part of it, right? Yep. But the actual kids have grown up, 
and they're not in the episodes. So Donna and uh, oh, what is his name? The 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 main star, the kid, Eric. Donna and Eric show up in the first episode, and they just kind of sprinkle them in. I watched, so I said, "Okay, I'm going to give it to episode two to see." It is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's I it's mean, funny you mentioned that. It, it, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, you remember the show Full House, right? Uh, yeah. From the, they try to redo that on Netflix, calling it Fuller House. Right. So what they did was they brought all the characters back for like one or two episodes. Everyone thought it was going to be great. And then all those characters go away and it just got awful. <laughs> did they, did they kick all the, all the, uh, they, they kept DJ and like, uh, Kimmy Gibbler, uh, two or three kept, and, and Stephanie. Those were the only three that stayed. It was just like when they, when they cancel culture, Roseanne, and they, and they kept the, the show on. I don't even remember what it's called now. I was like, I'm not watching it without. That was, she was the only funny part of that show. That's why it's called Roseanne. Right. Ah. And and I noticed it still stayed on. It stayed on for a few years. I don't think it's on anymore because I don't see commercials. But I was like, ah, no way, man. Look, didn't work out. You got canceled. You just got to move on. Instead, they all just squeezed every every last piece of blood out of it. I'm, I'm guessing there was a long contract signed, and they were kind of held to it. So, so they kept trying to push it. I seriously doubt anybody was watching that junk. Well, I'm glad you told me yes, about that. Terrible. That's gonna that's gonna be terrible. You seen the promos for this 80 for Brady? This movie. I, it, <laughs> the preview. Um, I think. Let's just oh. say this. The previews about as far as I'm going to get with that. It is, I mean, cringeworthy. I don't know which one makes me cringe more, that or the or the final installment of Magic Mike, whatever it is, Magic Mike's <laughs> Last Dance. I think is what they're calling it. I, mean, I saw a commercial last night and I just started laughing. My my wife was a painter. She goes, "What's so funny?" Like, this guy. Have you? Are you not watching this? Like this is like it is like flash dance meets uh fifty shades of gray meets some really bad sitcom. All jumbled into like a twenty second promo. Like you know what the problem is? That's that's the highlights of it. When you show me that and I'm not impressed, that means that's the best part of the actual movie. Well, I think what we can all learn from this is that, unfortunately, TV ain't like it used to be. <laughs> no, they've absolutely given up. They were, I was talking about, I can't remember what it was. I'll think of it in a second, but I was talking about how, how things are being rebooted and how they've just absolutely given up and they're rebooting like the dumbest things. I did see that the Frasers getting rebooted, but but none of the characters are coming back. I, I think it's just Frasier. I'm like, at that point, why don't you just call it something else and come up with a brand new? You know, I mean, that's like calling it Friends and only Joey shows up. I'm like, what? What's going what on? What are you doing? What? All right, let's go ahead and get back into sports. <laughs> But I'm glad, hey, you're going to save me time now because I'm not even going to bother with that 90s show. It's terrible. (laughs) I mean, mate, look, to each his own, but I'd be shocked if anybody actually likes it. 
There's no way that thing gets a second, a second season. I will say something that does look good. Natasha Lyon or Natasha Leone. I don't know her. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She's been a lot of good stuff. She was in, uh, orange is the new black. If you watch that, she's got a new one coming out. It's called poker face. That looks good. And Tones is on yesterday, and he said he saw it. I don't know if you've seen it too, but have you seen the uh, the Ric Flair? Yeah, we've actually he he just got me into those focused in because I have Peacock as well. So we want between Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, a couple others. We, the Miz, we've been getting into it. It's fun. I watched the Ric Flair one. I mean, I, I, I'd lie if I said I, I I watched the whole. I mean, it was on. I, and I would glance over once in a while, and there was some pretty interesting stuff. But um, I think I think it's worth watching. Okay, uh, real quick before I forget, what is your lock of the day? My lock of the day is going to be uh, a little bit of a homer pick, as I am a huge Chicago Bulls fan, but I also really like uh, their spread. They're minus two at Indiana tonight. The Pacers have lost seven games in a row. They've been without Tyler Halliburton now for, what, about a couple of weeks, which is a huge loss to them. And Chicago's won three in a row, and I think we're finally healthy and getting in the right direction. So I like the Chicago Bulls uh, minus two tonight at the Indiana Pacers. Even though the Bulls are on back-to-backs, are they going to play all their players? They are playing. There's nobody resting tonight. Uh, Last night they were able to manage minutes. They went about 10 deep, so – I think they'll kind of do the same thing again tonight as nobody is listed as out. I mentioned at the top of the show, the Boston Celtics are, so they essentially go about six deep. If you count Brogdon, four of those guys are resting tonight. I saw that. Unbelievable. I'm not touching that. No. Because if you go, whoa, I'm just going to go all in on the, on the heat then. You know what's going to happen? The heat are going to see that, and they're going to start resting their players. Next thing you know, you're going to be dropping – a big bet on backups. That's the thing about the NBA. You see a line I and you might like Yesterday, though, I took the, the Magic plus seven. They won outright. Whew. And then my uh, teaser hit. Yeah, my only th- just people, when you get the NBA, look at those injury reports because you think you might like something and you might understand why you're getting so many points after you see who's resting these days. <laughs> And the basketball guru that was on here last week, he's on a bit of a cooler. He's, uh, I mean, he's missing what, man. And I mean, there are people beating him up on Twitter. That, I mean, it's like, dude, what is the point? Like, what are you doing? Like, grow up. Don't blame somebody Don't else. Don't twist your arm to take his, to, to take his advice on, on, on your bet. But I saw some, just some really mean, nasty things. And I was like, dude, I'm hoping. Make your own bet. That it's out. that simple. Make your own bet. If you have that big of a problem with it, don't take it, people's advice and bet on your own. Well, when you have that many people responding to your tweets, I think most people, but it takes them a while to, to get used to it. You, you know, this is a newfound thing. Most of them don't even don't even look at their mentions. They just move on. It's not worth it. No, because because you're gonna get you're gonna see six or seven nice things, and then one jerk is gonna put you in a bad mood. So what is the point? But yeah, he took he took one on the. On the, on the chin, I was going through Twitter and I saw it, and then I, I turned on the game. Oh, most god awful game you can imagine! It wasn't even on ESPN Plus. Oh dear, 
their their athletic department put it on YouTube. And there was one camera. I'm thinking it was probably a phone. It was in the middle of the of the court and it would just sway back and forth. So you never got any close up. And it was the though both teams, not just one or the other. It was the most unorganized version of basketball I have ever seen. It looked like a pickup game with each team. This is the first time we've played together. There were guys driving the hole. No one's setting screens. No one's blocking out. It's funny you say. Three or four times I saw the team that he told everyone to bet on. I saw them attempt a layup and smack the bottom of the backboard with the layup. We could do that. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is not a good basketball team. What are y'all doing? <laughs> I actually watched a high school game on ESPN Plus the other day. That was probably. Well, I did too. I just didn't realize I was watching a high school. Actually, that, that was JV. That was JV. That wasn't high school. That was JV. I tried to listen to it for a second. So I turned the volume up. It was so scratchy and loud. It was worse than like a PA system uh, announcement in the kindergarten. Wow. God. Yeah, it, it, it was god awful. My my uh, lock today is um, teaser Kansas State plus nine Illinois on the money line to win. So uh, that's the teaser uh, minus one twenty is the payout. Um, Kansas State getting nine. I'll take my chances. And Illinois, they just got to win against Ohio State. Looking at the numbers. They should own the boards against Ohio State. Ohio State had a big win against Iowa last last Saturday, but Illinois should should find a way to get that W. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna throw some people out of the Hall of Fame. Let's go, baby! We'll be back here on Braves Country. Look at me, ninety-two. Come on, you know, I mean, at the role at your age, whoopee. Must be down to a handshake, huh? <laughs> yep, before and after. Hey, sports fans. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves country, the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. 
Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. You shut up! Well, I... You make me change restaurants, but nobody comes. But where are people? You see people? Show me people. There are no people. You bad man. You very, very bad man. Bad man? Could my mother have been wrong? Así que me gusta. Welcome back. Big news in Knoxville today. Josh Heupel has been locked up through the 2028 season, nine million a year. Percy led the Vols to their first 11 win season since 2001. So he was duly compensated. And, uh, you see the big news that play-by-play man, television play-by-play, uh, Chip Carey, he gone. He's leaving the Atlanta Braves to go to the St. Louis Cardinals, his childhood home. So some people were in ar- up in arms about it. They couldn't understand why. I mean, he basically said why. He said I wanted to go home. When you get to that level of success, you get a chance to pick where you want to go. So the Braves, I I really feel like Atlanta's going to, I would be shocked. I feel like they're going to put Ben Ingram in the booth. It's It seems like the natural order of progression. He's been their radio man for the last several years and phenomenal. And it just seems like I don't think Braves Country wants a outsider doing doing their television, so to speak. They want someone who's been there. That's if they don't call you, of course. Well, I'll, I'll gladly take <laughs> over radio, baby. I don't, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the perfect face for radio. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to do any kind of television. Oh. You, know, you do television. Next thing you know, they got you on the treadmill every day. You know, come on now. Um, I want to be just fit enough so I don't die. I don't care about being looking good. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> no, but going back to, uh, you know, Chip, he was here for Cubs for a while, too, uh, in the, you know, late 90s, I think maybe into the early 2000s a little bit. So we're very familiar with him from the Cubs perspective, too. But uh, you move on and you get a new guy, right? And things happen. It is interesting. It's the first time since, I think, 1976, I think I saw the number. First time since 1976 there will not be a carry in the booth in Atlanta. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's all I've ever known. Skip to chip. And I liked, I, I know a lot of people, you know, have their problem. I, I like Chip Carey. I, I, you know, he, he, he calls a good game. You have to be like really bad for me to go, ah! you know, you have to be like <laughs> Beth Mowens. Ah. Ah, what's going on here? Oof. 
you can't be overly critical of every single play by and some people are and i was like jeez man then mute it okay just mute the game that's all i, I don't know. know what you want us to do play some music <laughs> right <laughs> all right let's go ahead and toss some folks out of the hall of fame you ready Oh boy, I'm so ready and so nervous for the all the baseball players listening. <laughs> so it's a given because everybody has beaten this drum, so I didn't want us to have to go through it. So the first one that gets kicked out is going to be Harold Baines. Everybody has has been talking about this for the last several years since he got put in. It was a it, it really felt like it's a, that's my friend vote. So he's the first one that gets kicked out. And I'll let you go for the next pick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll take my stab. Yeah, I, actually, sure. I actually dug into this. You know, this was a very great question to bring to the table, and one of my guys off my list is going to be Mr. Larry Walker. Uh, and I, a few reasons why on why I'm doing that. Okay. So I know it's not his fault, uh, obviously that he always got to play in Coors field, but if you pull the statistics aside from where he got to play, his average dropped considerably from 313 to 282, his on base from 400 to 370. Um, he didn't get to 400 home runs in his career. Not that that's an end all be all, but just another thing to add to note. Uh, a one-time MVP, but Larry Walker overall and looking and comparing statistics, I just feel like, you know what, good guy, nice guy, I always rooted for him, but I'm going to take him out and put him just right on the fence of the Hall of Fame. So you're not a Larry Walker guy, huh? It's nothing against him. I got to take some people out. He was one of the directions I went. Well, we are emailing him right now. Uh <laughs> Taking down all my social media. <laughs> so the first one that I'm going to throw out there and um, I'm having to go off of his, his stats as opposed to actually seeing him play. Hoyt Wilhelm and Hoyt Wilhelm. For people who aren't familiar with him, Hoyt Wilhelm was was a pitcher. He's actually one of the guys that uh, faced um, Roger Maris. But he started just 12 of his 10,070 career games. He was a good pitcher. Had some longevity. He was a knuckleballer. But if you look at his overall numbers in the era that he played, Hoyt Wilhelm to me just does not belong in the Hall of Fame. He had, and what people will lean on is that his is that he he had saves. He had two hundred twenty eight saves. Today's numbers that's just laughable. Now I will say this: back then saves were two, three, sometimes four innings. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But he was never like a, a cognitive piece in, in like a championship type team. And he did play for the Atlanta Braves for, for, for a few seasons off and on. 
I want to say he played in the late 60s or early 70s. He would bounce. Yeah. He played in 69, 70, and 71. And not that he didn't deserve to be in any of these teams' Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I think if anyone would – man, it's really hard to – he bounced around so much. And back then, players didn't bounce around. So how are you a Hall of Famer if, if the teams aren't wanting to keep you? His longest stint was with the White Sox in the mid-60s. Not very good baseball teams. So Hoyt Wilhelm is my guy that's got to go. Adios. I just, I, I still don't really understand how he got in. Who's your next guy? Who are you kicking out of the Hall of Fame? <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. Uh, well, I'm going with a similar, you know, type of player to you where I didn't see this guy play. I was just simply looking at statistics. And Phil Rizzuto of the Yankees, uh, I'm going to go as my next guy. He, if you look at the back of the baseball card, his average nationally was like 273, I think his uh, splits were. He only had 38 career homers. Uh, yeah, 273 average was overall. He compiled a 40.1 career war in 13 seasons. Um, so he was a good ball player, it looks like. But not, now he was on the Yankees the entire time he was there from 1941 to 1956, where he actually threw in a military. That's team. why he got in. It was because he was on such dominant championship teams. Okay, because I was just saying from individual statistics, I wasn't feeling it. And he was known for his glove. His nickname was Scooter. He went on to be a Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster. Um, but I get, I get where you're going with that. All right. Here's one that I think was given... Only because Herb Pennock, and he was on the New York Yankees. He had 162 and 90 record during his 11th season with the Yankees. Okay. He was excellent in the World Series, but this was a little bit of the dead ball era. Okay. So you kind of have to take his numbers with a grain of salt because he is not playing. I mean, when you're playing, let me pull up his stats so I can be exact. When you're playing in from 1912, and he and he was a pitcher for the Yankees from 1923 to 1933. So he was there for the the Babe Ruth era. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's got a lot to do with it. He still only ended up with a 45.5 war, which is very middle of the road. His 3.60 ERA sounds impressive today. Back in his day, he didn't even rank top 25. The other thing is with him, if you look at, if you want to say, well, he was a winner, he was a winner, he was a winner. Right. Before he showed up with the New York Yankees in 1923 and went 19 and 6 that year, prior to that, he had a losing record in in Major League Baseball. 
The year before, he was 10-17 and 17 with Boston, 13-14 and 14 in 1921. So I, I got to kick him out of the hall. Herb I, like I want to double check to see where he was born, make sure it wasn't right here. In Georgia. <laughs> I got to start looking this up. That'd be my life. <laughs> oh, man. Once again, a guy, and I mentioned this the first time, a guy that probably belongs in the New York Yankee Hall of Fame. But come on. He was 241 and 162 overall lifetime. That was back when wins were the were, were the number one priority. Because guys guys pretty much went out there. If you pitched every four or five days and you pitched eight or nine innings every four or five days. But I gotta take him out. You got any others that you want to throw in there? Uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about Minnie Minoso actually. I feel bad to even say that as he got to play in all the eras. Uh, famously, you know, he actually was on the White Sox for a little bit. He I feel like the reason he got covered in the MLB Hall of Fame eventually is because he played in like five different I think he was the only player to maybe play in five different decades as he started in nineteen forty six and he finished all the way up in nineteen eighty. And I know he wasn't a lot of dead ball era, but if you look at his statistics, nothing to brag about. Here's one. So I found an article where, where they were talking about guys that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, who they're trying to compare him to. This one's absurd. Maybe not uh, to kick him out of the Hall of Fame, but the comparison, because what they did was they took a player and they said, who do you compare him to? And this article was only written a couple of years ago, so it wasn't in, in his prime. They're wanting to kick Andre Dawson out of the Hall of Fame. What? And they're comparing him to BJ Upton. It's like, what? Oh, come on. The Hawk? You can't compare him to BJ Upton. Oh, if you're going to kick out a Cub, kick out Bruce Suter. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Bruce Suter was a brave. Calm it down. He was a Cub as well. Bruce Suter absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. Bruce Suter is one of the greatest closers of all time. Back when you would go in for two, three innings at a time. Bruce Suter is a Hall of Famer. You, if you want to kick a reliever out, kick Lee Smith out. Oh, come on. Lee Smith had a, way more saves. It, it was a different era. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm half joking, but I'm, that's part of the suit. Although I do believe Lee Smith does belong in the Hall of Fame. But if you're going to kick a reliever out, kick him out. Bruce Suter is a god. I, f I found this this list of, of the ones that they were talking about kicking out. I mean, I mean, this is absurd. Catfish Hunter. Come on. Can't kick Catfish Hunter out. Where's another one that they got here? Now, anytime I see a guy got voted in by the Veterans Committee, my eyebrow always raises. So this right. might this one might be a fair point. Jesse Haynes. Now he played back in 1918 to 1937. He didn't reach the big leagues until his mid-20s, continued pitching past his usefulness to, to, to surpass 200 wins. That's essentially what got him into the Hall of Fame. But Jesse Haynes... 
I'll have to do a deeper dive on Jesse Haynes because that's starting to sound like, first of all, it sounds like an alias. <laughs> but the but the other thing with that is, how many how many wins did he end up with all time? Oh, this is oh yeah, this guy's got to go. He had two hundred and ten wins. He had a thirty two point six WAR. I didn't even come across this guy. Get him out of there. On a list I'm on, they have Jim Rice. What do you think about that? Uh, Jim Rice was very Harold Baines-like where he got in over longevity. Problem is, <laughs> I grew up a Jim Rice fan as a kid, so I'm a really bad person to ask. <laughs> I was just curious. He, he came was up. one of my favorite players, but he probably doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this guy. This guy here, Jesse Haynes. I'm gonna make this guy check check this out. His ERA was in the threes to uh, uh, mid fours his last five years of his career, which was enormous in the 1930s. Right? How many wins did he have down the stretch? In the last six seasons in his major league baseball career where he was pitching about a hundred innings. So it wasn't like he was just going in for, you know, spot start. Right. In his last six seasons, he had 31 wins. What? They put this guy in the hall of fame. He left us a night. He knew some dirt on somebody, baby. That's all I know. That's all I know. He's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, but Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose are sitting out there going, hey, guys, what about me? Don't even get me started on Pete Rose, I'm sure. It's the first time he's ever been on my radar. That's it. He's out. Harold Baines goes back in. Jesse Haynes, you're gone. We just made a new list. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little football and get you ready for all the action tonight. Big big night in basketball. And, of course, we're going to hit up the Hall of Fame one last time. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. 
for 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days. Or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. All right, baby. Make sure to get your morning started. Seven AM to ten AM right here on the key. Rhino Radio Penitentiary, weekday 7 to 10, and noon to 2, you got the Rod Peterson Show talking hockey and a lot more. Sports beat, 2 to 3, with Rich Holdridge, and then we come your way every single weekday, 3 to 5 here on Braves Country. Uh, Got some exciting news. Ooh. I'm going to a Savannah Banana game in March. My wife just uh, told me about right before we went on the air. hey Are you familiar with the Savannah Bananas? Tell me more, please. They, uh, you just got to look them up. But they do a lot of neat stuff. It's a, it's a minor league baseball team, independent league. And they do all kinds of goofy stuff. And it's, it's, almost, like, it's almost like going to a baseball game and a Broadway show breaks out. Kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Kind of, yeah. They they do all kinds of goofy stuff. So so we're going up there in March for our anniversary. So uh, the, I was ple- pleasantly surprised by that. Um, well, that'll be fun. We've been talking about going for a long time, and we, and we finally fit, found a day, uh, a game on the weekend that we could get out there for. So um, looking forward to that. Um. Other things going on in the world of sports. Talked about Heupel and him signing a long-term contract and getting locked up for the Tennessee Volunteers until 2028. So I think that's huge. Not, Not that they were in danger of losing him, but it's always good to make sure that your guys are taken care of. Later on this week, by the way, Friday and Saturday night, we've got River Dragon Hockey here. We'll be taking on Port Huron. Um, looks like the puck drops at 7.30 for both of those games. And, of course, you got the NFL playoffs on Sunday, the conference championship. My favorite day of the year for football is the conference championship because you get two tickets punched 
to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl's the most fun that I have year in and year out with friends because we have people over. But as far as the the day that I enjoy the most for football, it's conference championship game. We don't have a get together for that. We just watch it here at the house. But it's fun. It's really fun if you get two really good games. And I mentioned this before at the beginning of the show yesterday. If you wanted the Bengals, you better jump on the Bengals. The Bengals are now a favorite in Vegas. They started out one and a half, two point underdog, depending on the book that you looked at. I actually grabbed it at two and a half. By the time we went on the show yesterday, it was at one. I felt like it was trending. I didn't even understand why they were underdog underdogs, right? And then yesterday, shortly after we went off the air, I turned on one of the betting shows that I watched in the evening. It had already jumped to one point favorite to, to the Bengals. And now, as we stand right here, right now, it's minus one and a half. I don't think it'll get past two and a half unless you get an absolute, he's not, uh, Mahomes isn't playing. Because the line is such that if it gets to three, it'll be there for like just an eyelash. And then the big time betters won't be able to resist themselves and they'll jump on Kansas City plus three at home, right? You think the spread would be any different if Mahomes is fully healthy? Oh, absolutely. I think by, by how much you would you think? He I think he affects it by about three or four points. I agree with you. When it was when it opened at two or two and a half, depending on what you're looking at, I felt like that if he would have been fully healthy, it would have been four and a half. So I was a little disappointed because I look, I've been calling for, for the Bengals to go back to the Super Bowl all year long. And I've been riding them almost every Sunday. I took them to win the conference, I mean, the, the division. When they were behind, and, and I was getting good numbers on that. I took them to go in on the money line and beat Buffalo. Now, everyone's going to start waking up to the fact. I, I just think top to bottom, they're the better team. It's not that Kansas City can't beat them. Anybody can be beaten on any given day. But my point is, if they played 10 times, Cincinnati's winning that game at least seven. How do we know that? The last three times they've played with a healthy Mahomes, they're 0-3. Kansas City is. so Right, and to add to your point on that with Cincinnati, I mean, every time you think they're going to not do something, they do. Like you said, early in the year, they got off to a sluggish start. They bounced back. Look at in Buffalo, DeMar Hamlin comes back. Everyone thinks it's going to be a grand old celebration for Buffalo. Man, I turned the radio on. I had to drive somewhere for five minutes, and it's 14 to zero by the time I got to the next destination. This team is just firing on all cylinders right now. Well, it's funny because it, because someone brought it up on Twitter, and I, and, and I mentioned it to him when I saw it. He said, what's going on in Buffalo? Something like that, a big sports fan. And I, and I said at the time, I said, 
man, I've had them to win the the, the conference. I would be shocked if, if if they are not the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean that the Bengals are necessarily going to beat whoever they face, and they've done it the hard way. Cincinnati has had to do it the hard way. They had to play their 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 division rival back-to-back weeks, two physical games. And that's one of the reasons why I was hearing some sharps saying that they were taking Buffalo because they felt like, and look, it was a fair argument, but they felt like that Cincinnati was going to be just physically beat up after playing Baltimore, right? I don't think it matters. I think that team was on a quest to get back. And this Chiefs team has been winning, but they haven't been that impressive to me. Jacksonville, on its engine, should have won that game. If they hadn't had some colossal mistakes, a Jacksonville team that is way in front of their actual timeline probably should have won that game. Yeah, you know, this Chiefs team isn't like uh, the 2019 version where they win the Super Bowl against San Fran. I actually think the opposite will happen with the Eagles and the Bengals. Chiefs are still a very good team, obviously. They're at home. But when your best player by far in Patrick Mahomes is hobbled, man, the Bengals just, you know, on defense, they don't have all those names that flash you, but their defense coordinator has done a great job. He's actually getting looks now along with their offensive coordinator. They play fundamentally sound football. They don't get many penalties. And then Joey Burrow in that offense just takes care of the rest. Looking at this this Hall of Fame numbers that we're looking at real quick before, before I take this away. Okay. If you look at these numbers, I'm going to zoom in just a little bit so it's yeah. easy for everyone to see, right? You you have to have 75% of the vote, right? Now, this is just of what is recorded. And we're looking at what they received last year and the, and the jump you would have to make, Right. And I saw some numbers yesterday that was indicating around the 70%, a little higher 70% for Helton. It was Roland Helton and Wagner in that order. But then there were a lot of, but they were expecting the number. Typically when they get the final number, it actually drops down. So to be in the goods, you almost have to be in the 80 percentile to be able to go against the regression that normally hits, right? So this is what they got last year, and that, and now you're looking at what could possibly happen for this year. I don't think Roland, Helton, Wagner, and Jones, which are the four obvious names to make it, I don't think anyone's getting the number. Yeah, I don't. And I, and I hate that for Andrew Jones. One of the problems is these next few years, that's going to be the star-studded cast that's going to be coming in. And this is a year that if you're Scott Rowland, if you're going to make the Hall of Fame for the Veterans Committee, it's got to be this year. And I, I, I just don't know if he's going to do it. I was kind of, kind of surprised Andrew Jones' number went down. It's not like it's an unbelievable. Like they, they have him, this reads from here, what, last year 54.6, now to 41.4. Is that well, this is an inexact number. Right, inexact, but I just feel like Andrew Jones, if I was making this list on my own and I just ran all the percentages, 
I would probably have him more at around 55, 60% than 41. Yeah, they, um, all in all, what's going to happen with that is you're going to get some regression on. So the number that I saw yesterday for Roland was 79, I think 78%. Wow. But once again, they were projecting about five to 6% regression, which means he's going to fall just short of the number. And he, and they were giving him the best chance to get in. That's a bummer to get nobody in if it ends up that way. Well, they are going to have uh, Fred McGriff from the Veterans Committee. Always liked him. But one of the things that I'll say about that is if that's your only – inductee in and i'm a big fred mcgriff friend don't get me wrong that's going to fall flat as far as getting people to come that weekend because you almost need two or three more names to have it feel like a in other words that's not Derek jeter getting inducted that's not getting inducted that's not a perennial all-star slash household name Next year, the guys that will be eligible, it's not next year, it's the year after. So next year, they they would have a little bit of a, of a, some of the bigger names, Adrian Beltre, Matt Holiday, Joe Maurer, eh, Jose Bautista. It's okay. I, I guess what I'm getting if, if Roland's going to do it, he's got to either do it this year or he's got to do it next year. Because there are some names coming down the pipeline that it's going to be tough for him to get. Same thing with Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is starting to get more and more favor from from uh, the, the talking heads, but I don't know if he has enough steam for to get in this year. But he man. It, He's the best defensive center fielder that has ever played the game. His metrics are through the roof what he did defensively. And for a good 10-year span, he was a heck of a bat. He still finished with, what, 434 home runs somewhere in that neighborhood? There was nothing much more more fun as a kid than watching Jones and Jones in the same lineup go for Atlanta. I always remember those days. I don't think people who, unless they watch him on a regular basis, understand how shallow he played center field. What is your walk off for the day, sir? My walk off is I'm going to start getting finally into the college hoops, really diving in here. I'm going to start my night with Illinois basketball as we're here locally. They're on ESPN. I think you mentioned them in one of your bets of the day against Ohio State. So that's going to be on 7 o'clock on ESPN. And then I'm going to also pay attention to LSU Arkansas at 7 o'clock on ESPN, too. So I'm getting my feel for the college game before we get to football again this weekend. Yeah, I, you know, it is so hard to get into the NBA when night after night after uh, night. Well, so-and-so is not playing. So-and-so is not playing. So-and-so is not playing. I'm all in on college basketball, NBA. I'll see you come playoffs. If there's a big matchup and the Celtics are playing, I'll watch it. 
But I wouldn't stop what I was doing tonight to watch that. It's it's not even the B squad. It's the C squad. <laughs> Celtics Warriors was a good example last week. Yes. That was a fun one. That that was a really good game, but too many the of far them. Far and few between. They got to do something, and it's like Steve Kerr says, they got to shorten the season. He's saying 72. To me, that's not short enough. You got to take it down to 50 games. That way, everything wow. feels like it's important, and people and it will raise the viewership. We got to go. Sports map is on the way. First name sports. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening and a happy, happy hunting on the college basketball lines. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we talk to you then goodbye sweetheart goodbye goodbye guys and gals it's time to go we'll see you on the next show same back time same back channel thanks for listening to braves country with mac mcgee and the armchair quarterbacks on 99.1 fm wqee the key in noonan georgia and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at braves country braves country comes your way weekdays 3 p.m eastern to 5 p.m eastern please follow like and subscribe today armchair quarterback radio your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia.